This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Bruchem Abom, welcome everyone. We're continuing our series of Shurim on Sefer Bereshis. Shurim on Sefer Bereshis are sponsored by Dr. Zakaim, Umeshpachta, Lilay Nishmas, Rav Shlomo Eliezer, Ben Harav Yaakov, Zakaim, and Lilay Nishmas, her mother, Rivka Bas Tuvya, Lilay Nishmas, Aliyah, Deshavli Melitza Yisharm for their whole family, and Viasko El Tzedek. Tonight's year is sponsored by the Gerstenfeld family. We wish them bracha v'atzlacha, yeshuos, refuos, v'nechamos. Also sponsored by my good friend Rabbi Avi Hager and his wife Ricky, Le'iloi Nishmas, Mati Kest, who is a, a bunkmate of mine back in Kamonk, who unfortunately passed away this week, Mordechai Tzvi ben Rabbi Yitzchak Elimelech, and also by Rabbi Nassim Wadler, Lezecha Nishmas, um, their mother, mother-in-law, Peril Bas Baruch, the Neshama Shabbat Aliyah, Bi Melitza Yisharim, for their whole family, and Bi Tzedek. Okay, a few public service announcements. Number one, hopefully you got your Sefer on Hanukkah, the light and the splendor. You still have a couple days to read it before Hanukkah is over. In case you finished that Sefer and you're still bored, don't forget to get your Sefer on the great Taner of Meir Balanes, whose yard site, according to many, is this coming Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, Teves. The next Sefer is being prepared on Purim. If anybody wants to help uh, participate in publication, please uh, let us know. Okay, we're going to speak about a subject tonight, uh, not related specifically to Hanukkah, but rather the narrative of the Parshas that we're reading. This is something that has been percolating for some time. It's quite a stirring subject. It's one of the great mysteries of the Chumash. And that is, we know the brothers gather together, they convene some kind of judicial decision to sell Yosef. And somehow, for all those 22 years that Yosef was missing, what did Yaakov Avinu think? He thought he, Yosef was dead. Taroif Taraf Yosef. Did anybody ever tell Yaakov what happened? Nobody said a word. Even though, you know, Yaakov, maybe he should have thought, you know, why am I not forgetting about this Yosef? Usually a mess you begin to forget about after a year, the the pain fades, the acute memory fades, and Yaakov still is vividly reliving the pain as if it just happened, but it never dawned on Yaakov Avinu that Yosef was still alive, even though he caught a glimmer, Vayar Yaakov Kiyesh Shever B'Mitzrayim. He had some kind of intuition, maybe, 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 but the bottom line is, Yaakov never knew that Yosef was sold down to Mitzrayim. And we don't even know if after, when they told Yaakov that Yosef was still alive, if Yaakov ever found out that Yosef was sold, according to some. They, uh, somehow Yosef got lost in the forest, he was bought, he was sold as a slave, and he ended up in the land of Egypt. And Yaakov Avinu maybe never knew until on his deathbed, he saw Baruch HaKodesh Vayimaruruhu Varoivu. Why didn't anybody tell Yaakov? Why didn't Yosef tell Yaakov? So regarding why Yosef didn't send a message to Yaakov, we spoke about four or five years ago, the approach of the Ramban, that basically Yosef felt his dreams were prophecy, and he had to bring the fulfillment of the prophecy to fruition, and the brothers had to come down and bow down to him, and Yaakov had to come down and bow down to him, and Yosef could not interfere with that process of the brothers and Yaakov Inu coming down to bow down to Yosef, so Yosef never said anything. But why didn't God say anything? Why did the Rebansham allow Yaakov to suffer for so many years? So let's start with Rashi. We have a lot of information tonight. 
I think we're going to do this year in two parts. Probably part two we'll do, I don't know, tomorrow night if you want to come on Zoom, or we'll, we'll, we'll record it. Um, let's start with Rashi. Uh, most things tonight I'm going to speak outside, but this I want to see inside. Says Rashi. Yaakov saw the cloak of Yosef. It was bloodied, it was torn. And Yaakov said he was ripped apart by a wild animal. Says Rashi, The divine spirit glimmered in Yaakov Avinu. He realized that Yosef would have to face a chaya, a wild animal. Who was that? Eshaz Poitifar. She was going to attack him. She would be aggressive to him. Says Rashi, Why didn't the Almighty tell Yosef, Hey Yosef, uh, why didn't the Almighty tell Yaakov if Yosef is still alive? Says Rashi, Because they made a cherem. And they cursed as komi sheyegala, anyone who reveals. That alone, we already have ten questions. They made a cherem, and they cursed anyone who revealed. Okay, what does that have to do with God? God, they joined him in. It seems the simple words of Rashi are saying they made a cherem and God couldn't violate the cherem. They, they put into cherem anyone who would violate this pact. They could put God in cherem. I'm not asking any questions here. I'm just telling you the words. So now, okay. So that alone is like a bombshell. There are many, many difficulties with that and we're going to try to address them tonight. But first I just want to get the words and the story and then we'll, we'll analyze it. Says Rashi, did Yitzchak know where Yosef was? Yeah. Yitzchak knew he was alive. How? How did Yitzchak know if there was a cherem that nobody could tell anybody? But Yitzchak knew. Omar, Yitzchak said, Hey Chagala, how can I reveal? How can I broken was still God? So God doesn't want to reveal, so how could I reveal? Now, interestingly, Rashi doesn't say, Yitzchak said, How could I reveal? There's a cherem. Also, Yitzchak doesn't say, how could I reveal? God is not allowed to reveal. Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi says, God doesn't want to reveal. So is Hashem not allowed to, or is Hashem not want to? But the beginning of Rashi seems to imply that they put into cherem and they cursed anyone who would reveal, and they joined HaKadosh Baruch Hu with them. A couple years ago, I saw many Mepharshim speak about this, and I was afraid to talk about it until today. What changed? I don't know. It's at post-COVID-19, you know? It's a new era. Biden's president. There you go. <laughs> so let's get the story. This story is described in full detail in the Medrash Tanchuma, in number three, and a little bit later in Pirkei Revelazar. Actually, Pirkei Revelazar came uh, first. Let's see the Pirkei Revelazar. Amru, the Shvatim said, let's make a cherem, that not one of us will say anything until everyone gives permission. No one's going to breathe a word until we all give rishos. So Yehuda said, wait a second, making a cherem? Hayshia, Shemayin, Es, Levi, Amecha, Yehuda, Uvarech, Dan, Naftali, God, Asher, What's going on? Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zavulan, Don, Naphtali, God, Asher. Binyamin not around. Yosef, he's the one, he's in the pit. Ruvain's out to lunch today. 
So we only have nine people. We need a, we need a center. Well, who are you going to get as a center? Baruch Hashem, I was the rabbi for uh, in different uh, kehilais, first in Queens. Well, my main job is to to get a tenth guy for the minion, so I could spend like the majority of my life doing that. That's why now we have a Shabbos minion, because I'm I'm waiting for somebody else to do the. <laughs> anyway, so people used to joke. I used to bring people out of, from the bus. Guy got off the bus, and I would bring him in the shul. People say, is he Jewish? Is he not Jewish? He, he came down, he was wearing a yarmulke. So that's, I had people of all stripes, colors. People said, were you Megayer them on the way down? Whatever we had to do to get a minion, we, uh, we made a minion. They, they don't have a minion over here. You need a minion for a cherem. So looking around, center, oh, God, God, we'll get God. God will be the tenth person, the Medrash says. Ma'asu, shitfu lamaka mimayim. They joined up God, vehechrimoy. And they put him in cherem. Reuven comes back. He goes, he looks for Yosef in the pit. Uh, Yosef's gone. He said, oh no, Yosef's dead. They told the brothers. They said, shh, we sold him. But don't tell anyone. Because anyone who says a word, they're in Cherem. Wait a second. Wow, brothers, you did, you've done a really good job keeping the secret. You just said, anyone who breathes a word <laughs> is in Cherem. And a minute later, Reuven says, where's Yosef? And they say, shh. Don't tell anyone. Anyone who says a word is in cherem. So what happened? They violated the cherem there? So Reuven said, oh, there's a cherem. Shh. And even HaKadosh Baruch Hu was silent because of the cherem. Even though God tells everything to Yaakov, Shanemar Magid Devarav Liyakov, this he didn't breathe a word. And therefore Yaakov didn't know anything. And the Shvatim were not Neskaper until they died. Says the Pergadar of Lazar a couple lines de- uh, later, when the brothers came down and they found Yosef, they released the Cherem. He tiru a Cherem. After all, Pergadar of Lazar says they made up, nobody could tell Yaakov unless we all agree. So they, apparently when Yosef said, I'm Joseph, they said, okay, let's get together. They huddled. They said, okay, one, two, three, mutter, mutter, mutter. And then it's all good. Fine, says the Medrash. That's why Yaakov Avinu did not have Ruach HaKodesh for 22 years. Because it says when he found out Yaakov, uh, Yosef was alive, his spirit was revived. What happened till then? He was dead. Says the Medrash, because of the Cherem, the Cherem almost stopped God from speaking to Yaakov. God didn't even talk to Yaakov. He didn't say good morning, good afternoon. He didn't give him weather reports, nothing. No communication between the Rebbe Hashem and Yaakov Avinu. And then when Yosef revealed himself, the Rebbe Hashem came back to Yaakov Avinu. So this is the Cherem. So Let's see. This is the information we have so far. Let's Continue with the next Rashi. Look at number four. It says, Vayev Koisoy Aviv, his father cried for him. So Rashi says it doesn't mean Yaakov cried for Yosef, it means Yitzchak cried for Yaakov. Says Rashi, Yitzchak Baychahayim, and it's Rashi Yaakov. But why didn't Yitzchak mourn? Shahaya Yodea Shulchai, Yitzchak knew he was alive. Asked the Sibzechachamim who told him. How did he know? God told him, I, but you're not allowed to tell anybody because you tell anyone you're in Cherem. No, the Cherem was, you can't tell Yaakov. But God could tell Yitzchak. I would say, 
of, you have to say the cherem is that nobody could tell Yaakov. Because the cherem is nobody could tell anyone, how could they tell Ruvain? I think it's Mavuar in the Medrash that the cherem was only you can't tell Yaakov. Because clearly they, when Ruvain said, I, I don't know where he is, they said, okay, we'll tell you. What, what about the cherem? The cherem is you can't tell Yaakov. Who was? No, he wasn't. He wasn't there. He wasn't part of the minion. They were Mitzarif Hashem. But they weren't Mitzarif Ruvain. Right? So Ruvain, he wasn't in. You mean maybe Ruvain's not bound? Right. Only God is bound. But he's not bound. That means he's allowed to tell. But are they allowed to tell him? Well, Yaakov wasn't there either. So they couldn't tell him. I would think the Chera means you can't tell. If you're in the Chera, you can't tell. Now, take a look at number 18 for a moment. Because here, there's, here, here's the question. Um, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar uh, elaborates on this Chera. He says, you know, God has been joined for many different uh, community activities in Sefer Barashas. The Chera is not the only thing God could be the tenth man for. We know when, Yaakov, when Avram Avinu was looking for a tenth tzaddik in the city of Sodom, he said, if I find nine, God, you'll be, you'll be number ten. So there is a precedent that we could combine uh, God to be a center. Furthermore, Rabbi Mechai says, when Moshe Rabbeinu needed a bezdin of ten by Kabbalah Satoira, he joined the Kaddish Baruch Hu in on the, on the convocation. And then Rabbi Mechai says, wait a second. The fact that God could be a tenth to save Sodom, maybe God could only be a tenth for Hatzalah, for a salvation. But to be a tenth to sell Yosef? I mean, it's apples and oranges. You can't, you can't extrapolate and say, just like God is the tenth to save the city of Sodom, He could also be the tenth to uh, sell Yosef. Selling Yosef is, uh, is murder. So Ben Mechai says, well, no, that was also salvation. Because what's the reason why the brothers didn't want Yaakov Avinu to know what they did? Because they were afraid that if Yaakov would find out what they did, he would curse them. And if Yaakov curses you, then you're dead. You know, in the times of the Gemara, if an Amoira gave you a bad look, you would drop dead. So if Yaakov Avinu would have cursed them, they would have died. So God coming in on the, on the deal, on the pact, not to breathe a word of what happened to Yosef was also salvation. It was to save the brothers and the future of the Jewish people. So you could compare. Now, says Rabbi Bechaye, so how did Yitzchak know? Because God told him. <laughs> I, but what about the Cherem? No, the Cherem is only you can't tell Yaakov. But you got to tell someone else. You know who else God told? God told Binyamin. How do I know? Because Binyamin's stone on the ephod was yashpeh. Yashpeh means yeshpeh, he has a mouth. What does it mean he has a mouth? He knows information and he's not saying it. What information did Binyamin know? He knew that the brother sold Yosef and he didn't say. So God told Yitzchak and God told Binyamin. So Rabbi Mechai is of the opinion, you could tell someone else, you just can't tell Yaakov Avinu. In fact, God told uh, Yitzchak and God told Binyamin. There's another approach that um, is offered in the Sefer Divrei Avram, and I'm just giving you some background before we dig into this, because you, ha- you haven't heard anything yet. And that is, God didn't tell maybe Yitzchak anything. You know how Yitzchak knew? 
he knew Baruch HaKodesh. You know, there, there's some people, they just know. You know, they know. They're, they're, they're connected. So Yitzchak knew Baruch Why didn't Yaakov know Baruch HaKodesh? Because Yaakov was very saddened and mourning because he didn't know where his son was. So he couldn't have Baruch HaKodesh because he was in a state of sadness. But Yitzchak wasn't in the same state of sadness. So he knew Baruch HaKodesh. And then how did Binyamin know? Maybe Binyamin also had Baruch HaKodesh. And then God didn't breathe a word to anybody. Rivka is not alive. He's the grandfather. There's a threshold. You, you know, you have to be this big of a tzaddik and this sad, and he, he was still connected. His Wi-Fi was good, and Yaakov lost it. Here's the problem. Okay, we're not even starting yet. After this, we're going to start. If you look in Parshas Vazos Habracha, the Pasuk says, Baruch mibanim asher. Asher is the most blessed of all children. His brother should love him. And he could dip his toes in oil. I'm sure you always wanted to do that. Dip your toes in oil. Well, Usher could do that. Says the Balaturim, why is Usher given this bracha that he should be the most blessed of all the brothers? Says the Balaturim, because there's this lady. I'll tell you where the Balaturim is. You're looking around. The Balaturim is number 16. There is a lady. She lived like forever. Serach Bas Usher. And you know what Sarah Basasher knew? She knew the brother sold Yosef. And the Shvatim said, how did she know? It must be if the kid knows something, every Rebbe in Yeshiva knows, that whatever a kid knows, the parents told them. Where else did the kid get it from? Nowadays there are other ways the kids got it. But back in the day, if a kid says something, he heard it from his dad or he heard it from his mom. So how did Sarah know the brother sold Yosef? It must be Usher told her. But what about the Cherem? Oh, Usher violated the Cherem. They put Usher in Cherem. So Moshe Rabbeinu had to yank Usher out of Cherem. So he said, Baruch mi banim Usher. He should be blessed as opposed to cursed by the Cherem. And that which nobody likes him, Yehirut Soyechav, like him again. And if you're in Cherem, you can't, you're not to have children, it's also to engage in Tasha Shamita, Yehirut Soyechav, he's Mutter Betashmish. And you can't smear oil on yourself, let him dip his toes in the oil again. Why? Because Asher's in Cherem, she violated the Cherem. What do you mean he violated the Cherem? I thought the Susei Chachamim said, you just can't tell Yaakov, but you're allowed to tell someone else. So how did Usher violate the Cherem? Right? We, the Sizeh Chavim said Yaakov is allowed to tell Yitzchak. Rabbi Machai says Yaakov uh, told Binyamin. So what's wrong that Usher told Sarach? So some want to suggest, the Sefer Moiz Chaye suggests, whenever there is information and we can't let Yaakov know, that means you can't tell him and you can't tell someone who will ultimately tell him. Binyamin, he'll be discreet. Yitzchak will be discreet. But now you can tell a lady? Sorry. <laughs> uh oh. But that's what the Gemara says by the Rajbi. By the Rajbi, the Rajbi basically couldn't hide out in his house because he knew they would go to his wife and his wife would spill the beans. He'd spill the beans about her own husband? No, the Gemara says, yeah. Um, you know, women. Um, are not as discreet about these things. So, okay, is this a good answer? I don't know, it sounds a little bit um, forced, that you're allowed to tell Yitzchak, you're allowed to tell Binyamin, but you can't tell Sarach because... Okay, I think uh, we're going to try to offer another approach over here. 
to try to defend the uh, honor of Serach Bas Asher. Here we go. Here's the main question of the evening. I'm sure you're all thinking of this question and you, you all have it on your mind. Namely, what in the world is this cherem? You could put God in cherem. You could say, God, I don't want to hear a word out of you. If you say another word, you're in cherem. We're going to get together here, nine of us and you, and we're putting you in cherem. I mean, you could chain God down. Chas v'shalom, chalila v'chas. Is God bound by the, the cherem of a human being? What in the world does this mean? What is this cherem? Uh, and this question is articulated in different forms. For example, in the Sefer Teshua Gedoyla, about the Satmar Rebbe from Rav Moshe Tadeldam, he says, how do you put God in a cherem to do kidnapping of Asher, of Yosef? It's one thing you want to kidnap, you want to abduct your brother, leave God out of it. How do you, how do you uh, make a cherem and include God in it? Furthermore, there's a Sefer Shirei Chomesh who says, you know, Rashi's bothered, why didn't God tell Yaakov? Which implies the right thing to do would have been to tell Yaakov. So what's the answer? God didn't tell, even though that's the right thing, because he's in cherem. So God didn't do the right thing because of some cherem that human beings placed on him. And the Maral even says, um, because they put God in cherem, God didn't reveal something that somebody needed to know about. So, Mavrabaisai, there are five approaches to deal with this issue. Tonight we're going to learn three. Okay, so you have to stay at least for three of them. And maybe tomorrow night we'll do two. The first one is the Mizrahi. Rebbe Yahu Mizrahi was, uh, lived from 1450 to 1525. This was the first preeminent work written on Rashi. Um, Rebbe Yahu Mizrahi was a Rav in Constantinople, Kushta, now known as Istanbul. He wrote a parish on Rashi, Alpip Shat. No philosophy, no mysticism. He was not a proponent of mysticism. So his, his parish is strict logic and reason. The Marsha quotes uh, Rabbi Yom Mizrahi uh, extensively. Rabbi Yom Mizrahi is very involved in absorption when uh, after the Spanish Inquisition, many Jews in Spain, where do they go? They go to Turkey. In fact, there is a shul in Turkey today called Geresh, because of the Gerushe Svarad. And uh, the, the Mizrahi was very hurt by the uh, Spanish Inquisition, because he had a son. And some of the Gerushim from Spain went along with a rumor that his son made a uh, articulated his belief in Islam. And if somebody says they believe in Islam, then the law is they need to convert to Islam. And these olim supported this lie, and basically his son had to run out of the country, and it, uh, he had to go to some uh, island in the Aegean area, to Nexus, and there also some Jews continued to support that lie. And the Mizrahi was very hurt because he gave up a year of learning, writing, teaching to help these Gerushe uh, Svara, and he felt that they burnt him. Anyway, the Mizrahi deals with this question What kind of cherem is it? Could you put God in cherem? Is it binding? And the Mizrahi deals with this in a very rational sense. You can't put God in cherem. God is not bound by the cherem of Basar Adam. You know what it means that they put God in cherem? 
it means as follows. The brothers said to themselves, we're in hot water, we're in deep trouble. If we sell Yosef, God's going to tell Yaakov what we did. He's going to you know, disown us. How could we make sure that God will join us in keeping this a secret? The brothers said to, to themselves, you know, they had a tradition that one of them would be sold. And through him being sold, the other brothers would come to rescue him, and ultimately all the Jewish people would go down to Egypt. I mean, they're the, grandf- the grandson of Avram Avinu. What did God say to Avraham? Abraham, you're going to go down to Egypt, and your descendants are going to be exiles in a land that doesn't belong to them. So the brothers knew they would one day end up in Egypt. So they figured, if we sell Yosef down to Egypt, that's going to be the vehicle with which God uses to get us all down there. If we sell him, God's not going to breathe a word. He's not going to say anything. He's not going to foil his own plan. God is in on this. So it's not that they put God in Cherem. It's that they recognize, they realize that if they sell Yosef down to Mitzrayim, this is going to be the tool with which God uses to get them all down to Egypt. There's no way in a million years God would foil the plot because it's His plan. It's not even their plan. Now, whether they should be doing this or not, that they took on their own shoulders. But they realized God would never spill the beans because it would foil His plan. Because if God tells Yaakov, Hey, Yaakov, Yosef's in Mitzrayim. So Yaakov is a wealthy guy. Yaakov is wealthier than Rockefeller. You know, Rockefeller. He's wealthier than uh, Rothschild. You know, you know the story? There's a Rebbe in Yeshiva. He said, If I had the money of Rothschild, I'd be wealthier than Rothschild because I would tutor on the side. <laughs> right? So Yaakov Inu was a very wealthy guy. And he said, I, 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 If Yaakov would know Yosef Mitzrayim, he'd bail him out. He'd pay his bail. So the Bible is not going to say a word. So the brothers realize if we sell Yosef now, God's not going to say anything. Not that he's in Cherem, but they made a Cherem they're not going to say, and they knew God would go along with it. So is there any greater partnership than to make a pact among themselves, and then to say, you know what, God is in on the same thing, because he's not going to breathe a word. That's the Cherem that God was in. They didn't put him in harem. It's something they realized on their own that God would never um, reveal anything. That's why, says the uh, Mizrahi, Yitzchak knew that, ya- that Yosef was alive, but he said, how should I reveal? God doesn't want to reveal. Rashi doesn't say that God won't reveal, that God's not allowed to reveal. He said God doesn't want to, which indicates God was allowed to, He just wouldn't. That's the meaning of this cherem. It's the, the Mizrahi says, "Mikivan sheyadu haskamasa yisala becherem." When they realize that God would go along with their cherem, ein lecha sheet of There's no greater uh, attachment and partnership than their knowledge that God would go along with this. You know what the proof is, says the Mizrahi. Because once Yosef say, "Hey, bros, you know who I am." So who are you? You're you're Tafnas Paneach. You're Avre. No, no, I'm Joseph. Yosef, huh? He said, come close. Yeah, I, was the, I never let you get near me. You were always looking at me from afar. And I was wearing you know, my hat over my, my eyes and my sunglasses. And, you know, come close. He took off his glasses. He said, hey, it's Yosef. I look exactly like you. I talk exactly like you. It's, so the brothers were flabbergasted. He said, oh, the whole reason why nobody was allowed to say anything was so that you should go down to Egypt and we should follow you. Now that we're here, 
So now, we could tell Yaakov Avinu, says the Mizrahi, how is it that once Yosef revealed himself, they went and they told Yaakov Avinu, whoever released the Cherem? Did you ever see in the Torah that the brothers gather together and they huddled and they say, one, two, three, mutterlach, mutterlach, mutterlach. So how could they just go tell Yaakov? The answer is because there was never a Cherem. It was just sort of an understood agreement that we need to cooperate with Hashem's master plan of getting us down to Egypt. Now that we're here, so now we can tell Yaakov Avinu. That's, so to speak, the rational approach to this supposed cherem. There was no supposed cherem. Yeah, so what does that mean? Uh, what exactly is that cherem? It's, uh, they themselves made up they're not going to tell. And they knew God wouldn't tell. So that's like a joint partnership. And once Yosef was there, and the whole purpose of it was to allow God's plan to unfold, and once it unfolded, then the cherem sort of dissipates and becomes obsolete on its own. That's the Mizrahi. It's kind of weird because, you know, they knew that he's alive, and they went there specifically to look for him. They didn't know for sure he was alive. They went to try to find him. But once they did, and once he revealed himself, so it comes out the cherem is obsolete. That is the approach of the Mizrahi. According to the Mizrahi, there was no real cherem over here. It was sort of a deal among themselves that they knew God would go along with. Now I want to tell you the Maral's pshat, but hang in there because the ultimate pshat over here is the lavush, which is mind-boggling. Okay? You're like this. Comes the Maharal. The Maral said, is God bound by a cherem? Says the Maral, similar to the Mizrahi, no. They made a cherem no one's allowed to tell. They knew that God wouldn't say anything, or He would agree not to say, because if, if, if anyone breathes the word to Yaakov, you know, Yaakov is going to curse them, and then they would stop dropping, start dropping like flies, and nobody wants the Shvatim to die. So the Maral says the brothers knew that for like a split second God would say this is a good idea. Now, if God would not be bound by the cherem, then Yaakov Inu would have gone to Shul. He would have said, Yibanshalom, where is my son? Tell me. Tell me where my son is. And then God would have revealed to Yaakov Inu where his son is. But once God agreed to the cherem for a different reason, namely God didn't want anyone to tell Yaakov, so Yaakov doesn't curse his sons, so Hashem went along with the cherem, now God is bound by the cherem that He consented to, and once God consents to the cherem, then God is bound by it, and then He's permanently bound by it. Because He agreed to it initially, because God didn't want anyone to tell Yaakov, so Yaakov doesn't curse his sons. So the Maral says, who says that God is bound by the cherem? Maybe God just doesn't want Yaakov to know about it, so that Yaakov doesn't curse his sons. Who said there's any cherem over here? No. You see that really God wanted to tell, and He's only being bound by the cherem from the fact that like every other word that comes out of Yaakov's mouth and the Shvatim's mouth is like a glimmer of Ruach HaKodesh, which means that some degree of communication God is keeping, which means He must be bound by the cherem. And then the, the Maral, just bear, bear with this for a little bit, then the Maral says, you know who else deals with this question? Shal Sechubas Maharik, Mahari Kalon. And he says, you know why God went along with the plan not to tell anything to Yaakov Avinu? God wanted to punish Yaakov Avinu. Why did He want to punish Yaakov Avinu? 
because Yaakov Inu was away from his parents for 22 years and he didn't let them know where he was and he didn't send a postcard and he didn't send them a message, he didn't email home. So because he didn't communicate with his parents, therefore God did not want Yaakov Avinu to know about Yosef, so he went along with the cherem. Then the Maral says, none of this business. I don't accept any of this. He says, if you look carefully, and this is the Maral's pshat, finally. You ready? It is not mashma in the Pirkei Dereb Lezer that God had a particular reason not to tell Yaakov. It's they needed God to be there. You know why? Because if you have nine guys, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zebulon, Don, Naftali, God, Asher, you have nine guys, and they say, okay, we're not going to say anything. Yeah, but you don't have a minion. God, come here. Come, you'll be the tenth. So they brought God in not to bind God. God's not bound. They brought God in that they should be bound. You know what it's like? It's like when you have nine guys at a minion. It's like 11.30 at night. And they can't get a tenth. So you call a guy up. Come, come to the shul. We need a, t- a center. He said, I dive in Marv three times already tonight. What are you? Yeah, come anyway. We'll... You don't, we're not saying you could daven. You don't need to daven. You don't daven. You're just going to be the tenth. So you don't have to daven, but we need you for us to daven. So it's the same thing with the cherem. God's not in cherem. God could say whatever He wants. God's not bound by the cherem. But they need God so that they're bound by the cherem. And the Maral says, this is very meduyuk in the Lashna Perkadir Blazer. Take a look at number two. Perkadir Blazer says, on... Um, on the third line, Ruvain Enoikan, Ruvain's not around, but Enachem is Kaimel Basara. The Cherem can only be upheld with ten. Ma'asu Shitfu Lamokoim. They joined who? Hashem. Who? Does it say Hashem? No, it says Lamokoim. What's Lamokoim? Hashem. That's a name for God. Like Baruch HaMokoim, Baruch. A few lines later it says, God was also silent. So God got a promotion. In the beginning, it's they joined Hamakoim. And it says God didn't want to say. Why didn't it say Hamakoim didn't want to say? Why in the beginning of the Medrash does it say they joined the Makoim with them? And then it says God didn't want to say. It says Mara like this. They were stuck. A cherem is not a binding if you don't have a minion. So you can't just like say, Hey, God, come, be part of the minion. There's a certain connection that we all have with God that He's close to us in that, why is God called Hamakaim? Because He encompasses everything. He encompasses me, He encompasses you, He encompasses the spot that you are. So in that dimension of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they could summon to be part of the minion because that's something they're associated with. So they called the Makaim, that connection to God that God is the place of the world and is near them, hey, come here, you'll be number 10. Now they have a 10th, so they're bound by the cherem. Of course, God's not bound by the cherem. You can't bind God to anything. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that they made a cherem, so in deference to the cherem that they made on themselves, God said, I don't want to talk it either. You know, like Dar Haratz. They made a cherem, they're bound, I'm not going to say anything. So that's very, that's Mavur in the Perkadir of Lezer. Is God bound by the Cherem? No. But God didn't want to say. By the way, I think this would answer our question from uh, Yitzchak. Who told Yitzchak? God. How could he? It's not bound. Who told Binyamin? God. Who told Sarach? God. 
the brothers didn't know that God told Sarach. They just thought Usher told Sarach. So they, they put Usher and Cherem. But really God told her and it's not a problem. It's not that they were angry because Usher told a lady and a lady is more apt to say. Whether that is or not true, that's beyond um, the permissibility of this discussion over here. But God is not bound according to the morale. It's just Hashem deferred to the cherem that they made. But, that, they, but they added him. They added him for their purposes. What? So vis-a-vis them, they're bound because God is there. But God being there doesn't bind God. That's how the morale understands it. That is the approach of the Gor Aryeh, um, basically in a nutshell. Comes a Lavush, and we'll end with this approach. This is one of the most startling things I ever heard or ever came across. I don't say that lightly. The Lavush says that the Maral has a question. How do we know that God didn't say it because he's in Chera? Maybe he just didn't say it because he didn't want Yaakov to curse his sons. Uh, hello? Hello. You can hear me? Sorry, I can't wait back to the Zoom meeting. Yeah, I'm here. I'm on. Okay. So the Maral says that question that maybe the, God didn't say because He didn't want Yaakov to curse his, brother, uh, his sons is the most ridiculous question I ever heard. God would curse His sons and kill them? Why? Yaakov would curse his sons? Why? Because they sold Yosef? So because of what they did to one brother, Yaakov's going to knock off all his kids? Why didn't God just tell, God should tell Yaakov, Yosef was sold, do me a favor, pal. Don't, say anything bad to your kids. Don't hurt them. If God was worried that if you would tell Yaakov, Yaakov would curse his kids, so God should tell Yaakov. Do me, like when Hashem came to Lavan, He said, Lavan, I'm telling you something. And don't say not a good thing and not a bad thing to Yaakov Avinu. So God should have came to Yaakov and said, Yaakov, don't curse your kids. And do you really think, you suspect Yaakov would have been so angry that he would have cursed his kids? Are we talking about chas v'shalom, a shoftani, a fool, a rasha? The, uh, the Levush says that. Yaakov would do such a thing? I'm just telling you the words he uses. That would have been insanity. It would be shigoyon for Yaakov to do such a thing. And therefore, the Levush says, you know, the Gor Aryeh asks, Is God bound by a cherem? which implies that the Gorariya was learning, the brothers imposed a cherem on God, to which the Gorariya says, well, they sort of did, because they knew that he would go along with it, because he didn't want the, uh, Yaakov to curse them, so they imposed the cherem on God. And it says, Lavush, you, well, you think the brothers, a human being, can impose anything on God? says, Lavush, let me tell you what happened. You ready? You never heard this account of Mechiras Yosef. Guaranteed. Maybe you did. I never, I never heard anything like this. Says the Levush, I want you to see it inside, we're on page 3, second column. The Levush, of course, the three main commentaries of Rash on Rashi are Mizrahi, Gorarie, Levush, Levush Ha'ira, Remordechai Yafa. I want you to see this inside, this is the second column. 
Um, we're on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 14, 15, 16, the 17th line. Ela ani oimer. You know what I say? Shevadai echa mehem yorad lemerkava. One of the brothers, they said a divine name, and they went to the Merkava. They went to the Kisei Akavayr. And, and he says, maybe it was, it was Levi. It was, in all probability it was Levi. He was the one who did it. Now don't try that at home. But he said a shame. He went to the Merkava, and he asked God, God, if we sell Yosef, you're in on it, or in or out? In or out? Will you agree to be part of the cherem, that we're not going to say anything. No, it's not that they worried that Yaakov would curse them. They were worried that Yaakov would be angry with them. And it's not right to do that to their father. Kibar Avaim. Kavoid, Yira. So they asked God, if, God, if we sell him, you're in or out? Are you getting, you know, okay, are you in on the cherem? Will you breathe a word? And God said, listen to what God said. God said, Buha. Bracha God said, you know, should be Matzliach. God said, you will be Matzliach. Why? Because the Satan is going to help you out. But God didn't say why. He said, Bracha Go for it. And God said, I'll be in the Cherem. I won't say a word. Now why did God? God didn't say why. If you want to know why, it's because Yaakov needed to be punished for going away from his father. But Levi asked God, God, if we sell him, in or out? God said, I'm in. I'm not going to say a word. Says the Lavush, this is the most spectacular thing I ever heard. He said, I'll bring you a, a clear proof that this is what happened. On Yom Kippur, we read the Piyot about the ten martyrs. And there's a man by the name of Ishmael Kain Gadol. And we know the uh, ten martyrs were an atonement for the sale of Yosef. And according to some, they were the Gogulim of the ten sons of Yosef. Yeah? And it says, Rabbi Ishmael Kain Gadol said a name. He went to the Merkava and he asked God, God, is this decreed on us? And God said, yeah, it's decreed on you. This is what's going to happen. The Satan will be Matzliach. And he'll knock you, you guys off. And we know everything God does is quid pro quo, midah keneged midah. So if the punishment came that one of them asked God, God, did you decree that we should all be murdered? Will they be successful in killing us? And they said a name, and they asked God, and it was a descendant of Levi, Rabbi Shmuel Kayin Gadol. He was the one. And the punishment came that they said a name, and they asked Hashem, and Hashem said, yes, it must be the sale happened in an exact parallel way where Levi or all of the Shvatim went up to Shemaim asked God, God, if we sell Yosef, you're in or you're out? And God said, I'm in. Count me in. So asked the Lavush. So then they didn't do anything wrong. They asked the Shaila. Like all good Jews that ask a Shaila to the Rav, only when they yeah. know what he's going to answer. Says the Lavush. They didn't ask God, should they sell Yosef? Because then God was, you sell him, you're kidnapping him. You're going to pay the price for all time. They said, if we sell him, are you going to breathe the word? God said, I lead people on the way they want to go, even if they're doing the wrong thing. So Lavush says, they didn't ask God if they should. They were like Bilam. Bilam said, God, should I go? No. Should I go? No. Should I go? No. 
The Chumr says, God saw, he wanted to go, so he said go. They didn't ask God, should we sell him? They weren't allowed to sell him. And they knew not better than to ask God whether. They just asked, if we sell him, are you in or out? So God says, I always go along with a person's ambition and desired goal. So you guys want to sell him? Then I'm just telling you one thing. You're asking me my opinion. I will not breathe a word. They didn't ask Rishus, that they should sell him. So the question was, can a human being bind God? Yeah. If they ask God, will you, would you like to be bound? And God says, yes, I would like to be bound. So the Almighty is agreeing to be bound by man. So they did it. I, the Gorarie, then asks, well, you know, if the reason why God went along with it is because He wanted Yaakov to be punished, so why didn't God just say to Yaakov Avinu, look, Yosef's still alive, but I'm not telling you where he is. So that's, uh, that's silly, says the Gorarie, uh, says the Lavosh. As if the Gorarie knows exactly to what extent God wants to visit punishment on Yaakov Avinu? No, the brothers asked, if we sell him, are you going to say? And God said, I'm not going to say. Why? God has his cheshboinus. So basically, um, we have three approaches tonight. Of what exactly this cheram is. The approach of Eliyahu Mizrahi is there is no cheram. The brothers made up among themselves that they wouldn't say. They knew God would remain silent because Rav wanted to bring to fruition the bris bein that the Jews would end up in Mitzrayim. So them knowing God didn't want to say is like God is partnering them with them in their pact of silence. But it wasn't real cheram. You can't bind God. The Gorarie starts off by saying, well, they knew God didn't want to say because God didn't want Yaakov to curse the sons. Ultimately, what the Gorarie says is that they brought the Makoim in to the deal to bind them, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not bound. They're bound by God being there. God is not bound by being there, but in deference to what they did, He didn't say anything. And the Levush says they bound God. How do you bind God? Uh, if you ask him and he says, yeah, I'm in, so then he's in. When did they ask him? It must be, Levi went upstairs and asked God, are you in? And he said, yes. I, and what's the proof? The proof is, the Asara Haruge Malchus, they also asked God if they would be successful. So if that was the punishment where they asked the Merkava, it must be the sin was also committed in such a fashion. Now, we'll end off with this. There are another two approaches to this. Maybe we'll do a Zoom share tomorrow night. If you want to join, please. Hopefully by then I'll know what the other two approaches are. There's a, there's a Sefer on Shas called the Be'er Sheva of uh, Rabbi Sacher Be'er Eilenberg. You ever hear the Be'er Sheva? Be'er Sheva, sometimes Rabbi Kiveger quotes it. And he is a student of um, the Levush. And he addresses all of these approaches, the Mizrahi, the Gorarie and the Levush. And, uh, the Levush. He's, I'll tell you what he says about it um, in a nutshell. He says about his Rebbe Levush, he said, look, if there's some kind of tradition going back to Harsinai, that Levi went upstairs and asked God, and God said, yeah, I'm in on it. So, okay, look. In Kabbalah, in Kabbalah. If there's a tradition, then we'll, we'll accept it. Otherwise, I mean, you know, this is not something you could just conjecture based on a question that Levi must have gone upstairs and asked God and God said, yeah, well, um, I'll go along with it. 
regarding the Mizrahi's approach, that there's no real cherem over here. And the Mizrahi says, the proof is that because uh, when Yosef revealed himself, they never released the cherem. So if I could just ask my own question, if you look in Perkid Rebelezer, it says explicitly, when Yosef said, Ani Yosef, he tiru a cherem. They said, okay. They got together and they said, Mutterlach, Mutterlach, Mutterlach. So the Medr says explicitly, they released the cherem. But the Mizrahi says, we don't find anywhere that they released the cherem, so how could they spill the beans? It must be there was no cherem, it was just to allow God's plan to come to fruition. So to that, let's say the Ladarch asks, the cherem was not that nobody could say Yosef's still alive. The cherem is nobody could say Yosef was sold. So they told Yaakov, Yosef is still alive. Yaakov said, how? They said, uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that, that must have been some story, they said. So we don't know for sure that they violated the cherem. And furthermore, the Tzedek says, maybe they did release the cherem. And also, if the reason why they thought God went along with them is because God wanted Yaakov you know, to suffer for 22 years, think about it. So why would the brothers try to kill Yosef? The only way Yaakov is going to suffer for 22 years is if Yosef is still alive and Yaakov cannot be consoled for 22 years because he's actually alive. But if they would kill him, then he wouldn't be suffering for 22 years. And um, the Tzedek sides with the Gorarie that... Uh, that they didn't want God to, they, they knew God would go along with them because Hashem would not want Yaakov Avinu to curse his sons. And uh, that's what Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar himself says. Be'ezus Hashem, next time we're going to discuss um, the approach of the Shalshelas HaKabalah and the Shlach HaKadosh. At, at the end, when, when, after Yosef is revealed and we know about, does Yaakov not ask what happened? How did you get down here? It, it seems like they never told him. The Ramban, most Mepharshim learned, they never said that he was sold. Yaakov didn't know about it until his deathbed. He just thought Yosef was in a pit, someone must have rescued him, and he ended up in Egypt, and the brother said, beats us how, how in the world he got there. He did, but it seems like the cherem was still in place that nobody said a word. That's the simple. That's the simple approach. Nobody ever told Yaakov until on his deathbed. Well, the the brothers sold him to Arab, to Yishmaelim, to Midyanim. Where they got it, you know. I'm saying when you buy something, it says made in China. You know which which guy sold it to which guy to which company. Most people. Yeah, the brothers sold to one buyer, and and he got sold multiple times on the slave market. You know, Yosef never said a word. In fact, Rashi says in Parshas uh, Yosef never spoke to Yaakov privately, so the brothers should not suspect that he told him anything. Here it is, executive summary: three approaches. What's the cherem? Says the Mizrahi, there was no cherem. They just knew that. God wouldn't say not to spoil his plan. That's the Mizrahi. Gor Aryeh says, no. They brought God in to bind themselves, but God was not bound. But God went along with it. 
And then they approached the Levushas, they, they said, God, you're in? And God said, I'm in. Afrilch and Chanukah, have a wonderful evening. Shkayach. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.